find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the Mascars, the Manchester United Tactical Podcast. I'm your host as ever, Haydar Obani. Hope you all had a wonderful New Year, guys, and a wonderful Christmas. I am joined today by Simon Edwards. He is back on the podcast for a third time. And every time Simon comes back, you guys know the drill already. We'll be talking some South American players. Today, we'll be talking about Julian Alvarez, who is very, very highly rated. Quite a lot of reports coming out now, and we are just at the beginning of January, so it is a January transfer window. But guys, before we go into it, make sure you give myself a follow on at Hader underscore Obani. Give Simon a follow as well. He'll give you his at handle in a second. And uh, give us a follow on at TF Mascar. Simon, welcome back. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Lot of chat about Alvarez this morning. Uh, where, where are we sitting with that? Yeah, so I mean, it's understandable because he's got a 20 million euro release clause, which is a very, very good price for one of the best young players in the world. Um, to put in some context, he was rated uh, 91 in terms of the best young players in the world by The Guardian this week, ahead of the likes of Gabi of Barcelona. And that's a vote by a journalist from around the world. So um, he's in the conversation for one of the top uh, you know, U23 players in the world. Very, very incredible goal-scoring numbers this year for River Plate, one of the biggest clubs in Argentina. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's inevitable. He's definitely moving to Europe in January. I have no doubt about that. Whether Man United can get the deal done, um, that will depend on Man United, I think. Obviously, you know, it's a very, it's a huge club with a lot of money. So I think the ball is definitely in the, the Manchester United court in this regard. Um, so as long as they can sell the project to the player, then I, I'm sure that he'll be very interested in, in making that move. Last time you came on, obviously, we had a great discussion about Moises Caicedo. It was, he was, it was a very, very popular podcast. A lot of people got very, very excited. Remember back in that time, obviously, it was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in charge. So I think Ranyan coming in has has maybe made this this deal perhaps a little bit more likely just because of his focus on young players. You know, he he has that sort of metric, doesn't he, where he, he likes to bring in young players because they are, you know, more coachable. They have different sort of aspirations for their career. They're higher energy, less injury prone, that sort of thing. So when we sort of look at Alvarez, is there any sort of fear that it could go the same way as Caicedo did, where it looked like Manchester United would pretty much just had to pay the money? In the end, he went to Brighton, and obviously we haven't really heard much about Caicedo since he's moved to Brighton. Is there a bit of a worry, though, that this could be a similar situation? There's a lot of talk about uh, journalists and agent talk, you know, trying to bring United's name into it. When you bring United's name into it, it gets other teams involved, you know, it elevates a player's profile. Is there a little bit of a concern that that could be the case here? Yeah, look, I think with Caicedo, I mean, he's still doing very, very well for the Ecuador national team. I think he's going to come good. So it's one to watch for the future. Uh, in terms of um, Julian Alvarez, we're talking about a player who's uh, of, of an even higher profile. Now, obviously, Caicedo was playing for Ecuador at the time and was a big favourite here in South America for those who watch the game closely. But Alvarez is, 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 is a wonder kid, is a 21-year-old who's you know, getting a goal or an assist per 90 at the moment. It's, it's incredible. He's the best number nine in Argentina. Um, he can also play a few other positions. We can talk about that uh, in terms of the role he plays in the field. But I think in this instance, um, it's, uh, yeah, as I say, he's, he's very high profile. His price is very good for the, for the level of player he is. He's a full Argentina international. 
So I think we're talking about a very, very high profile player. And I think as well in this instance, there really isn't a question of whether he would be a first team player. It's not a case of, I think that potentially could be an issue with the Caicedo move. Is he coming in to be a first team player? Is he going out on loan? Is he going to be a youth player? With Alvarez, he's going to be on the, the starting 11 or on the bench from day one. Um, so I think that kind of clarifies that issue. Uh, and I'm sure with the Caicedo situation, there were probably some at Manchester United who thought, yeah, you know, maybe six months. Others thought maybe a year. Others thought, you know, there's there's a question there. With Alvarez, you, you don't sign him to send him out on loan. You don't sign him for the youth team. Um, this is a guy who's who's a big, big, high profile. Uh, you know, you think of the number nines Argentina has over the years. It's an incredible, uh, there's guys who haven't had a cap for Argentina who played two or three times who have scored, you know, 100 goals in Europe. Uh, and Alvarez is already uh, getting good minutes. And this is a, a good version of the Argentine national team. They've been pretty poor over the last five years at different points, but they're now really good. And the fact that he's getting 30 minutes off the bench for Argentina against Brazil, against some of the biggest sides in South America, as well as scoring or getting an assist every week in the league and having some big goals and big performances in the Copa Libertadores, uh, and that he's 20 million and that's a, that's a good price. Um, I think he's uh, yeah, I think he's a first-team player. So I think the question is slightly different in terms of Alvarez as opposed to Caicedo because, yeah, this is a first-team Manchester United player. Uh, that's some great information there, Simon. Thank you for that. And uh, sort of looking at his, you mentioned your know, goal or assist pretty much every game. Played 21 games in the Liga Profesional this season, 18 goals, seven assists. So it's you know, 25 goals and assists in 21 games, which is a staggering record. Actually, something that I do want to talk about, though, because you didn't mention, obviously, Caicedo came from the Ecuadorian League. He's Alvarez is playing at River Plate. Just talk a little bit about how big that is at that age. You know, he is the main man, essentially, isn't he, there up front? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a River Plate that won their first league title in seven years. Um and Alvarez was the main man in all of that. Um, so, yeah, obviously River Plate is a huge, huge club. You know, we, people talk about the pressure of coming to Europe and and will they be able to deal with that pressure? And, of course, there are different expectations. Manchester United is a global club in a way that River Plate isn't. You know, he's, he's not going to be getting abuse in Asia, in the Middle East and all over the place if he has a bad game for River Plate in the same way as he would at Manchester United. But he is living in Buenos Aires this kind of crazy, intense um, hotbed of football where there's massive, massive games, massive pressure. The fans are on the players. You know, they love them when it's going well. They they hate them when it's going badly. But Alvarez has has barely put a foot wrong. And, you know, he scored a huge, huge two goals against Boca Juniors in the, in the derby in Argentina. Um, he's helped lead this giant club to their... The league title, um, despite some some changes in the side, he's kind of stepped up when they were missing a number nine, and he's kind of they put a lot of faith in him, and he's repaid that and been the star man. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of his impact, you know, we look at some of the Argentine strikers who've left the country, and obviously for me, Lautaro Martinez is one who was very very impressive a few years ago, and kind of in terms of his overall complete taking control of a side. Um, I, I would compare him to Lautaro Martinez in that regard. But La, Lautaro never had these kind of goal numbers and wasn't playing. Now, Racing is a huge club as well, but he wasn't playing for the biggest club, the league winners in Argentina. So for me, um, there's that is the comparison. But Alvarez um, has been doing it at a slightly higher profile level uh, and has been incredible and has already, as I say, to come to be playing in the Argentine league and to be the first name off the bench for the Argentine national team. And really tells you how highly he's rated already.
Yeah, no, that's that's actually a great comparison. I didn't think about that, Lautaro, because I remember at the time Lautaro was very highly rated. I, I I'd watched him quite a few times, not a lot, but I'd watched him a few times to know this kid's going to be good. Went to Inter. And you're right; his goal numbers aren't phenomenal. He did very well with Lukaku last season in tandem. Um, but you know, Alvarez is scoring a lot more goals at this stage, so no, it's, that's a great point. I do want to talk a little bit though about the type of player he is. So can we just maybe go through some of his qualities, you know, some of his strengths? Because when you look at um, Manchester United at the moment, obviously new managers come in, different style of play. They want to play more of a counter-pressing system, wants to uh, play a bit more high energy. How does Alvarez, you know, sort of fit into that to that uh, system and that sort of makeup of what Ranić would expect from his forward players? Yeah, so in terms of 2021, he's played as a number nine. He's played as like a number 10 or a support striker, attacking midfielder. He's played on the left wing and he's played on the right wing. So I think that's reflective. And also, you know, we're talking about a season where he's maintained an incredible almost goal per game ratio. So I think that really shows the the range of qualities he has. As he was coming through, my question is, as often happens with these young players, you kind of want to put a label on them. You know, what are they? Are they are they a pacey on the shoulder number nine? Are they a target man? Are they a more creative player? Are they a winger? And for me, the question with Alvarez is kind of what is he? You know, that was my that, you know, as he was coming up, what is he what is he gonna be? What is he gonna be? You know, you you look at these young players and you wanna kind of yeah, put a label on them, decide who they are. Who can you compare them to? What do they do best? And for me, one of the questions and one of the concerns with Alvarez is he does everything well, but what what is he? And when you get to a certain level with these kind of qualities, then that becomes a real positive. You know, when you're trying to to label a guy, when you're trying to get excited about his searing pace or his incredible strength as a as a 18, 19 year old, you know, you're looking for something to go. This is what he does. Now with Alvarez, he was doing everything, um, and that was exciting and perhaps a little concerning. You know, is he going to end up a player without a position? Is he a nine? Is he a ten? Is he a winger? For me. He was doing everything well, but he didn't have these crazy goal numbers that he does now. So what's happened is he has this real complete game and he's a real complete number nine. He does everything well. You know, he gets he's very, very clinical. He's an excellent finisher, you know, obviously, as you can see the numbers. And it's not like he gets off 10 shots a game and gets a few of them in. We're talking on average, uh, what we've got, 2.8 shots per 90. So he's getting in shooting positions. He's getting shots off. But he's scoring a goal or two goals most games, and yet he's not having 10 shots. So he's very, very clinical. He's not a player who's shooting consistently, you know, constantly, but he's getting good shots off on goal. He's getting around half of his efforts on target as well. Um, so what he is, is he's a very dynamic player. And whether he plays from the right wing, left wing, or in behind, he's still getting these, he's still arriving in the box and finishing really well. So, um, you know, we've seen Manchester United kind of perhaps evolve and you mentioned kind of a 4-2-2-2 situ- uh, formation. In that system, I think his best role would be as the second striker. You know, if there's two forwards, um, he would be perhaps the more dynamic if we say Cristiano Ronaldo is starting as the number nine, who doesn't really give a huge amount off the ball, doesn't run the channels, doesn't maybe link as much as you perhaps uh, used to. Um, if he's going to be your focal point in the penalty box, then what you'll get from Alvarez is a lot more movement. He'll drift wide, but he'll still arrive in the area. And when he gets a chance, his finishing is is very, very, very composed. You know, he's a player with a lot of confidence. And, you know, to, to come through at River and to score big, big goals as a teenager, and then by the time he's 20, 21, to be the leader, you know, the creative leader, take responsibility for games. I think that's very promising. 
Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I see him. He could play in the second two behind. You know, he could be one of the attacking midfielders as well, and he has played specifically that role. He's also played from wide areas in a kind of second forward uh, line role. Um, but I see him ideally as the second number nine, the more dynamic number nine, the creative number nine. His defensive numbers aren't incredible, but his movement is is significant. He, he puts in a lot of work. He covers a lot of ground. Most of that for River will be creating space for others, looking for those one-twos, looking for those passes, as opposed to pressing intensely. But he has the athleticism. He's not explosively quick. He's sharp. He's, he's mostly quick in the brain. You know, he's a very intelligent player with his movement. So he's not, you know, just a, a, an explosively quick player. He's sharp and hardworking and athletic, and he'll cover the whole of the... If you look at his heat map, it's the whole of the penalty area dropping further deep. So he'll cover a lot of ground, and perhaps that could work well uh, with a Ronaldo who's um, looking to receive that service. It'll be interesting if the two were to play up front. Um, I suspect Alvarez might get more assists than goals, to be honest. Um, he's a very, very good finisher, but I can see him perhaps um, doing the work for Ronaldo and then putting some on the plate uh, with his you know, creative and link play. That's a really big point because watching Manchester United this year, obviously they've, since Ranić's come in, they've put uh, Mason Greenwood up front with Cristiano Ronaldo. They've had Marcus Rashford as well. One of the biggest things is that hold-up play, really. I think Ronaldo isn't... Uh, isn't known for his hold-up play. When Cavani plays, United look better with someone they've got, someone they can play off, someone that's got fantastic movements, someone that is able to understand, you know, what areas they're meant to go in and at what time. So it does sound like Alvarez is the sort of player that does understand that quite well, you know, Simon. It does. It sounds like he's the sort of player that will know sort of when when to go, when to stay, you know, when to press. He'll be able to uh, intelligently, you know, link up with the players behind him. Is that the sort of player that we're looking at here to possibly coming to Manchester United? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say hold-up play is the, is the right, but, but I would say link play because he's not, he doesn't want the ball 40 yards into feet. You know, that, that isn't what you want to do. But what he does is he's very sharp getting that yard from his marker to play the quick one-two. Uh, he's very collective around the box. You know, River Plate is a team with a lot of very talented, creative number 10s. Uh, Palma Vecino, they've got, Quintero was there at one point. You know, they've, they've got really creative, lots of number 10s. And what he does well is he links with those guys. So he'll drop off to play a one-two and then run in behind, for example. Or he'll draw a player. So he's he's very effective at, at that kind of short passing and then spinning off or you know drawing defender, playing a one-two. So he's very intelligent with his movement around the box uh, and very collective. Um, so he's not going to be a hold-up player. I mean, it's interesting because Greenwood, I think in terms of his finishing Alvarez has some of that great you know Greenwood quality in terms of uh, finishing off a chance so it'll be interesting to see how those two compare when when they're both in you know potentially both in the same squad and the same side um, because I can see some comparisons in because Greenwood's just an incredible finisher you know and, and he, he shifts the ball to the side and finishes really well um, I think with Alvarez what you'll get is some of that similar quality from a young player looking very very composed and mature in their you know finishing and their attacking play but also perhaps um, a little bit more creative in, in playing those, you know, one-twos around the box. But he's just a high, high-quality player, to be honest. Um, as I say, he's he's very complete. He's a complete number nine. So if you see Ronaldo as a poacher now or as a penalty area number nine or as you know somewhat of a, of a target man, albeit you know, not as, as perhaps collective, 
Um, what Alvarez is the complete number nine. So you're playing football manager, you got your you got your poacher, you, then you want a complete number nine around them. And I think that's perhaps the thinking with with Alvarez. Aside from the fact he's just a very very high quality player. No, that 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 makes a lot of sense. And when you look at uh, sort of the profile of players at Manchester United, obviously you've got Jane Sancho behind, very very intelligent player, needs players around him that he can play off and who are sort of on the same wavelength. You look at Bruno Fernandes as well, still a very very good player, but um, obviously. His form has dropped a little bit. I think it has got to do as well with sort of the Ronaldo factor. Ronaldo coming in, sort of how are they going to play together? Is there a player that's next to Ronaldo that can also do some of that link-up play? So, no, that's uh, very, very promising. In terms of, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the the mentality as well, because obviously playing at such a young age, emerging as a leader for River Plate is, is a huge achievement and that shouldn't be, um, shouldn't be forgotten. But uh, how would he sort of take to going to one of the, let's say, the super clubs in, in world football? Because, as you mentioned before, you know, playing for real plate is different to Man United. He doesn't get the abuse from every single corners of the world and Man United play badly, you know, that sort of thing. So how would he how would he settle with that? Because it, it is a different culture. It is a different league. Um, ultimately, the spotlight is on Manchester United most weeks. So has he got, from what you've seen, I know it's a very small sample size, has he got the sort of mentality that you can see as he carries on developing to go, you know, right to the top and, and really emerge as a, a leader? Because Man United at the moment, look, Cristiano Ronaldo's aging, 36. Probably got a couple more years in Man United. Cavani will be off in the summer. He'll probably stay for the for the moment. You know, he's 34. Mason Greenwood is a fantastic talent, but if Ranit wants to play with those two up top, we'll need another player. Doesn't look like Haaland will probably go to Manchester United. I can imagine he'll end up at Real Madrid. So there really is an opportunity for a player to come in and make that number nine spot their own for years to come at Manchester United. So would he almost relish the opportunity to go and make a name for himself in English football? Yeah, so he's, I'd say, um, you know, I can't talk about him personally in a, in a huge detail, but what but what he portrays on the pitch is kind of a quiet confidence. Like, he's not uh, swinging your arms, getting the fans up, He's but he's confident and he has a connection with the River Plate fans. Um, he's not, you know, in terms of on-the-field leader, it, I'd say he's a leader in terms of the way he takes responsibility for games, is always available, always wants to get on the ball, always looks to make things happen. When there's half a chance, he'll fire off a shot on goal in a in a very effective way. So he's not, you know, people might think of an Argentine, you know, blood dripping down their hair, you know, get muscling into tackles and that kind of stuff. No, he's he's more in the the, the confident, um, yeah, professional uh, kind of leadership role that he's had at River. Um, but I think confidence is is massive, and and I think he's been a player who even when he wasn't and you know we're talking about 21 year old at the moment um, but even when he wasn't getting 15 goals a season he was he always had the confidence of the manager the manager knew that this was a special player um and he always played yeah with that confidence with that assurance that you know he's he's coming for argentina and looked like he should be there you know i think that's that's important as well there hasn't been any game where i've seen him come on and look a little bit shy or not play his natural game. Now, I think, I think when he if he moves to Manchester United or when he moves to a big European club, I think it will be interesting to see what happens if they just put him in straight from the start. Now, obviously, that's a huge question, but I think because he's coming off such a confident season and he's been so effective all year and he's been banging them in. Um, now, people can overstate the importance of form or consistency. You know, it's. It's not that simple that when you're scoring goals, you're going to keep scoring goals. You know, things can happen or whatever in a game. But I think the fact that he's been banging them in so consistently and he's going to have that confidence, 
you know, I think I think there wouldn't be a lot of sense in just throwing him straight in and seeing if he can keep it going. If he needs a step back to kind of, you know, to, to kind of rebuild or to get used to things. But with a striker in particular, the the game isn't as different as if you're talking about a central midfielder or a centre-back. He's not going to have to adapt in the same way. Now, there'll be system and there'll be requirements and there'll be tactical things you'll have to learn to play in this specific system. But if you've got a striker who's... Uh, connecting with everybody who's working the ball, who's looking to get on the ball, who's finishing really, really well. Like for me, if I was a manager, I would just go, just give it a go. You know, this is a real high quality player. Uh, and it will be interesting to see if he can kind of continue that confidence. Because what you don't want is him to come in and then be put right back to the, to the back of the pecking order and have to kind of work his way up and prove himself in training over months and months and months. Give him some minutes and see what he does. Because if if things click and we've seen players come in from South America or come from abroad and without overthinking things, suddenly continue that form and have that impact. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the approach they take. I can see, you know, there've obviously been other instances where you throw a guy straight in and he struggles because he's not ready and he's not adapting. Or there's been instances where a player has been given lots of time to kind of work their way in and it's been really beneficial long-term. But I think with such a great kind of consistent, prolific, instinctive goal scorer, who also fits the system, just throw him in and see what happens. Maybe that's me just getting excited about my South Americans. But, I, you know, I think there's there's a case to be made for when you've got a player in such great goal-scoring form who has all the qualities and is playing at a high, high level to just see what they can do. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for as well, that wherever he moves in Europe, that they just give him, they just give him some decent chances and let him continue that form and that confidence um, and, see if, and see if he's ready and if he takes to take a step back then allow that. But yeah, I mean, I, he's, he's just a really, really high quality, um, consistent goal scorer. And we've seen so many come from Argentina to Europe and, and do really, really well. You know, you look back Aguero, you know, take your pick. It's how many Argentine number nines. And, and he currently is the best uh, Argentine number nine in Argentina. And he's really not far off being the best Argentine number nine in the world. You know, you've got Lautaro, you've got a couple of others you can consider, but he's, He's the player that Argentina is most excited about right now. No, I completely agree with that point. You know, confidence is a massive thing. He's obviously playing on a huge amount of confidence. So you don't want to ruin that and knock him back a little bit, do you, by by putting him in the reserves and sort of making his making him fight for his way in. So it'll be very, very interesting. Simon, look, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can all the listeners find your uh, find you on Twitter and find your fantastic work? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Simon Edwards SAF. Um, and if you also follow uh, at the Libertadores and at the Sudamericana. I do articles and content up there. There's lots of videos. So if you don't have time to watch too much South American football, then you get all of the highlights and all the videos on, on those Twitter accounts and, and they're official as well. So you won't get thrown in Twitter jail for any retweets or whatnot. So uh, if you want to dip your toe in a bit of South American football, you can see all the, the crazy goals and the mad stadium stuff by following those two accounts. Absolutely. There's so much talent as well in, in South America at the moment. So definitely, guys, make sure to check that, check that out. We'll put that in the uh, description below. As always, give myself a follow on eight, at Hayden underscore Rabani and give us a follow on at TF Mascar. Simon, thank you very much for joining me. Guys, we will see you all next time. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs> 